Hello again, everyone, and welcome back into Moving Up the Ladder, a part of localjobnetwork.com radio. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is designed to aid in the success of your career or business by bringing you insightful professionals to fill your head with knowledge. This time around, we're talking about the negative effects of a single word. And this word we often think and say shows we're afraid in relation to our career or development. Giving us the details and helping us all fight through this urge is Marsha Reynolds. With her doctorate's degree in organizational psychology, Marsha has coached many talented individuals, and she's also the author of the bestseller, Wander Woman, How High-Achieving Women Find Contentment. Marsha, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Tim. Glad to be here. Well, it is an interesting topic, but I did want to give listeners an idea of where you're coming from, a little bit of the work you do. So if you could fill us in on your professional experience. Sure. So I've been uh, working as a professional coach for the last 17 years, and I work uh, primarily with managers and executives in corporations. But prior to that, I worked in uh, employee development and leadership for 17 years in companies. So I've always been working with people to help them develop themselves as well as their careers. And that's what I think is great. I think you have a tremendous perspective on this and, you know, of course, working with individuals and seeing and hearing things firsthand. So let's get into that question. I'm sure people are wondering, well, what is that word that we're talking about? So what word that you came up with, essentially, that we use all the time, what shows fear and how does it show and say that we're afraid? It's the very common word, but... And for years, I'd been, I'd been hearing people say, this is what I want to achieve. This is what I want to do. I know how to solve that problem, but... <laughs> <laughs> and then it stops them, and then they never do it. So, I mean, what is it about that word? Then? I mean, why do we do that? Is this a natural thing that happens within us? Well, what people don't realize is that your brain's primary function is to protect you. It's not there to make you smart and brilliant and successful. Hmm. That comes later. First, it says, I'm going to keep you comfortable, and I'm not going to really make you have to think too much. And so it creates these reasons. I I say rationalizations. We're master rationalizers. So there's something we want, but, well, I can't do it now because of this, or if I do it, this is what people will think. I, I don't want to deal with that. There's always this brilliant but that follows what we really want to do. And then we believe it. We believe it to be true. I do find that interesting that it's sort of rooted in this protection of us. When it comes to our career developing, though, what are we really afraid of, I guess? What does it come down to that we're protecting ourselves from in in many cases? You know, Tim, that's the question. (laughs) (laughs) Oftentimes I say, so, you know, what truly is the worst that can happen? Um, How likely will that happen? And if it does happen, what will you do? So when people tell me, well, I can't really go to my boss and tell them that, I always say, so what would be the worst that could happen if you talked to your boss and told them, you know, you wanted more responsibilities, you wanted to raise, you wanted to change? Uh, it's possible that the boss could get angry. Um, and then what would happen? And it's more likely that the boss would either just say yes or no. I mean, what's really the reality of the situation mm-hmm. and how will you deal with it? You know, and then I always ask them, so what would be the bigger regret that you ask them the question and they responded negatively or that you never ask the question? Mm, okay. Is there a reason that we tend to, I know you talked about the protection side of things, but is there a reason we go to that worst case scenario? Like, why can't we think in these positive terms unless we talk it out? I mean, it sounds like once we start having that conversation, 
we can turn our mind around, but why so much of a worst-case scenario? <laughs> and it is that, you know, it's that worst case always. It's right. not even just, well, maybe, you know, something slightly bad could happen. You know, I always say people catastrophize everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and again, it's because we're so afraid of losing, losing credibility, losing the position I have, losing people liking us. That's, that's huge. We want people to like us so we don't speak up. And because we have these fears and we don't articulate them and we don't speak about them, they take over. So I always say that, you know, if you're aware of what your brain is doing, then you can master your brain. If you're not and it just acts automatically, then the brain is the master of you. So unfortunately, we do. We have to stop and say, what did I just say there? (laughs) You know, I mean, that's why coaching really works, because we could stop them and say, okay, listen to what you just said. Mm -hmm. You know, and is that really true? Do you think that that awful scenario is going to happen? And if it did, how would you deal with it? You know, just asking those questions. But you can, if you stop and ask yourself those questions after a while, you can get good at questioning your brain. You know, I often ask myself when I make a quick decision, and I say, okay, so why did you do that? Is it a really a good reason, or is it a rationalization? Right. And so many times I say, well, you know, it was a crazy rationalization. Go do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> when we're talking about the word but, you had mentioned in an article that it allows us to do or not do certain things. Can you give the listeners an idea of, of what that really allows us to do, sort of gives us permission to do in these circumstances? You mean when you look at the word but right when when you again you talk about these rationalizations what uh, does it stop us from doing or what does it allow us to do either way you want to look at it it's putting all the reasons on the table okay and so i say you know i say let's just look at all of them first and then you can analyze if they're good or bad because in truth you know people always say well i acted logically well n- no <laughs> the brain makes decisions with emotions and then we justify them with logic hmm. And so you need to step back and say, okay, here's the decision I'm making. What are all the reasons that I'm, you know, that I put into that? What are all these buts? <laughs> and, and really think them through. You use your logic to really analyze the emotional decisions that you made. And even the most, quote, logical people, it's just the way the brain works. It, everything operates through the emotional system first, and then it's filtered through that. We don't have control over that. And then we get to think about what happens. So that's why you have to step back. It's like you almost like suspend yourself and you become the observer of how your brain is working. And it's really fascinating when you, you know, you set it all out on the table and go, oh, well, look at that. (laughs) Isn't that amazing what I do? (laughs) No, you get to laugh at yourself. Right, right. A number of the things you brought up, you know, you talk about, okay, what's the worst that can happen? This person reacts this way, or you feel embarrassed or rejected, uh, you know, things like that. Does the word but, where does the sort of self-doubt come into play, or or knowing yourself, self-awareness, where does that come into play with all of this? The the less confidence you have in a specific situation, you know, the greater the fear. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't like to say, uh, you know, there's these people that are so much more self-confident than others because all of us will have various levels of confidence based on the situation we're facing. So you really have to stop and look at the specific situation and, again, say, what is it that I'm really afraid of happening here? And what's the truth? Mm -hmm. You know, like I had um, an executive team uh, 
their director asked me to come in and talk to them because he was retiring. And he said they're all upset. He'd been there 14 years. They really liked him. It was a quasi-governmental organization, so the new person was going to be appointed by the board. Mm-hmm. So I went in and I asked them, so tell me what's going on. And they went through this whole thing about, oh, it's, it's, it's terrible. You know, it's like, yes, we're getting a new leader, but I'm just going to retire. I've been here so long. I'm just going to go somewhere else. And ah, I'm just going to take my team. We're going to go hide. I mean, they just came up with all these terrible things. And I said, okay, but what is it you know to be absolutely true at this moment? Mm-hmm. And the only thing they knew to be true was that the director was leaving. <laughs> Okay, so with that knowledge, you don't know if it's going to be terrible. (laughs) You know, you don't know. You don't know good or bad. But with the knowledge that he's leaving, what is it you need to do? Mm -hmm. And then finally one of them said, well, I guess we need to strengthen our leadership bench so we can weather any leader. Hmm. I said, brilliant. Let's move on that. (laughs) So again, stepping back and saying, what's really the truth here? What's really the um, possibilities of bad things? You know, on what level could those occur, and how will I deal with that? You know, those are the questions we have to continually ask so we can really look at, you know, what is true, what is real, and what am I going to do? Right. Are there any scenarios or circumstances where maybe that initial fear or doubt can be used to motivate us, whether it be, you know, someone like yourself as a coach that can help bring that out, or maybe we're looking at something on our own. Is there any way that it can be used as a positive, sort of a, I don't know if it's a negative motivation or how it would be phrased, but (laughs) is that something that that can be brought about? Well, there's two things that come up for me when you ask that. You know, one thing is, well, yeah, we could look at all the buts and say, okay, let's put that into the planning. So it's good to, you know, people that use the whole, you know, let's look at everything positively all the time, often miss uh, roadblocks, things that they can trip over. Right. So, yeah, it's good. Okay, let's put that down. How are you going to deal with those things if they come up? Great that you thought about it, but don't let them stop you, (laughs) you know, use them for planning. Mm -hmm. So that's good. And when you said, can you use some of the negativity, I'm not so sure about fear, but anger can be um, a great motivator, you know, but these people, they all think, um, I'm so pushy and um, bossy and, or, you know, that I'll never make it, that I'm never going to be the leader, you know, that's possible. And I say, okay, so how are you going to prove it to them? Hmm. You know, get really angry about that and and stand up and make a difference. So we can use um, anger to motivate action. You know, the the, the power behind, well, I'll show you. Right, right, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, I mean, people have changed their entire life around that. And and sometimes when people get into the complaining mode, you know, I say, okay, you know, when's this going to make you angry enough to do something about it? You know, and so I flip their fear into a little bit of anger. Right. And, And, yeah, you don't want them to sustain anger, so anger needs to eventually move into passion for what you're trying to achieve because you don't want to be angry for a very long time. <laughs> but it's a great launch to make a change in your life. I think it's a, a very nice way to put it. I think that gives people a, another nice perspective on this subject. We are getting low on time, and I appreciate the conversation. I think uh, you know areas of psychology and the brain and how we function, I think, are uh, always fascinating. I hope our listeners can take away some ideas from this as well. I wanted to give you the, the last sort of uh, portion of the episode here. Um, just to give the listeners maybe a final message that you'd want to lay out there, a nice takeaway from our conversation that you think would be important for them to hear as we wrap up the conversation. Um, yeah, I really believe that we are 
the masters of our brain, and we have to outsmart our brain. Our brain is not the boss. You know, the brain's not the boss of me or you. <laughs> and you have to just step back and talk to your brain. You're my partner, but you're not my boss. So let's talk this through. I like the way that's put. <laughs> With that, we are going to have to wrap things up here on Moving Up the Ladder, again, a part of LJN Radio. Our expert guest has been executive coach Marsha Reynolds, and you can find out more about her by going to outsmartyourbrain.com. Marsha, thanks again for giving our listeners some interesting perspectives on psychology, the word but, and also our fears within our careers. Thank you. And, of course, we also want to hear from you, the listeners. If you have any thoughts on future topics for us to cover on LJN Radio, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.